Good morning, Storyside. Are you glad to be in God's presence today? Man, I love that song, God of Revival. And that's been part of my morning uh, prayer playlist for a couple weeks now. And uh, I just love singing about God reviving our lives, reviving uh, our region, reviving our church. I'm glad that you're here today, uh, coming out in the cold weather. All kinds of people saying to stay warm, people messaging me this week, Pastor Micah, you heard, you saw, you know, right? It's like, yeah, this is sweater weather in Canada. Uh, I think I'll put on a sweater, I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not funny. Uh, but stay warm. Uh, for all of those uh, that are into either relationally connecting uh, or the game, the football game tonight, if you want to join us back in this same room tonight for the game, uh, you, can, you can do that. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Some people over the years have told me that they just come for the food and we've got food tonight. Uh, other people will say that they come to play the games, cornhole, hang out, whatever. They're not even into football. That's a good reason. Uh, come and, and build some relationships where if you want to come and cheer on Tampa with me or evidently the Chiefs with Shelly down here, uh, you can pick a team and uh, we'll be divided and dysfunctional and all the other stuff going on in the game. Uh, but it, it'll be a fun time tonight. They say on average with the Super Bowl, 8 million pounds of popcorn is consumed on the Super Bowl. Uh, one day, on average, the last 10 years, when they look at it, 8 million pounds of popcorn. Where's my popcorn people at? Uh, I'm not a popcorn guy, but my, my wife and kids, they love it. 28 million pounds of potato chips. Where's my potato chips people? 28 million pounds of potato chips. 53.5 million pounds of avocados will be consumed today. Hello? Uh, and then this is me, all right? This is mine. One billion, not million, one billion chicken wings will be consumed today. Where's my chicken wing people at? Uh, one, one thing that's interesting with the Super Bowl, over the last 10 years, over the last 10 years I was reading that over $2 billion, $2 billion has been spent just on advertising uh, in the Super Bowl the last 10 years. I say that only to say, you know, sometimes people will say, why do churches do outreach? Why do churches do Facebook Live? Why do churches do advertising? Why do churches do missional? Why do church? When you compare what we are doing that is eternal, this is a game. This is, and I love sports, but this is a game. I just want to tell you as your pastor, thank you for being a generous church uh, that we're not part of just giving money into sports or anything else. We also invest in the kingdom that will last and live much longer, right, uh, than just the Super Bowl game. So thank you for being a generous church. Uh, I love all of the missions that we do. This was one of, on, I think we have three or four pages uh, when you look at the list of everything we do as a church and support missions. Uh, just tomorrow, I was talking to my daughter, Brooklyn. She helps with our, our outreach. And so just tomorrow, we'll be downtown. We're, we're there several times a month, uh, usually. But tomorrow, we'll be downtown with the cold weather. Uh, and we'll be giving them soups and hand warmers and different things like that. And so sometimes when the bucket goes by or maybe you're text, to giving, text giving or online giving, you don't always realize like, oh, the Connells and 42 Salvations, or you don't always know someone in cold weather this week has hand warmers or ha has a hat or gloves or soup or different things. Uh, we may not know, honestly, you may not know till heaven uh, that every time, say, the Johnsons or Hoskins or Henrys or whoever that... You don't, you don't know when you're giving all of the people that it's helping, all of the people that it's, you know, uh, serving. And so 
I just, these are just a couple of things. I just want to say thank you for, just want to say thank you for your giving. Speaking of cold weather, on a serious note, I, I know it is cold out. Uh, but speaking of cold weather, I was reminded of the, of the joke of the wife who texted her husband, and it was a really cold morning, even like today, it was a really cold morning. She texted uh, her husband, and, and the text simply said, windows frozen won't open. The husband texted back, and he said, pour warm water over it, and just gently tap the edges with a hammer. Five minutes later, the wife texted back and said, now the computer won't even turn on. <laughs> That's not funny. Speaking of cold weather, I also heard the joke about the two men who were talking. They were out on the sidewalk and they were conversing, communicating, talking. And, and the one said to his friend, he said, it was so cold this morning. And his buddy said, well, how, how cold was it? He said, well, I don't know exactly, but, but I did see some politicians with their hands in their own pockets. Um, oh, that's not, it's not, that's not funny. <laughs> that's not, that's not funny. I want to talk to you today on the subject, get up. Can we say those two words together? Get up. Get up. Can we say it one more time? Yeah. Get up. I have been so stirred this week about what I'm going to share with you in the next 20 or 30 minutes. So I want to pray just that God will open up our hearts, block out all the distractions, and that he'll speak to us today. Even when you know I come out first song and I walk across and you know I'm seeing John down here you know, who trimmed his beard up. You almost don't look like the same guy. Um, but, I, you know, I'm talking to them. Then I go over and I'm talking to Ray about Grow yesterday. We had o over 20-some people yesterday, you know, wanting to come to Grow, and it was awesome. And then I'm talking to the Johnsons. And I, and I just turn around, and when I'm looking back, Chance and Faith and all the family and Reynolds, and I'm so thankful for our church family. So thankful for our church family. And this message I'm going to share today, I believe it's very timely for us. Uh, even from a distance, I didn't have the chance to make it back there in the middle of worship. But Dan, all the way from the front row, I was praying for you just even during worship today. And whether it's me, Dan, others in the room, of course online, just pray that whatever it is in your life that needs to get up in, in, in 2021, uh, whether that is your joy or your peace or vision, whatever it is, I'm believing God's word will do some powerful things for our church family today uh, and that God will speak to you. And so can we just pray and ask that, that God's word will, will speak to every single one of us in the room and of course online today. God, I thank you for today. We're joking about cold weather and, and all of those things, but I thank you that you're in this day. This is not a throwaway day. You are in this day. And I'm asking for your word and your spirit to do powerful things today. I'm asking that someone's future would actually be impacted and influenced by what is going to take place in the next 30 minutes. I pray that between me preaching and them receiving, that you are going to have decisions and choices. Your spirit is going to challenge people to make choices today that will affect their future. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we say get up one more time? Get up. Luke chapter 22, verse number 31. Simon, Simon. Simon, Simon. Satan has asked. Some translations say demanded. He's demanded. Others say he's desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, notice what Peter says, Lord, 
I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Verse 54, we're going to jump down 20 verses. Verse 54, then seizing Jesus, they led Jesus away and took him into the house of the high priest. And Simon Peter followed at a distance. One some there had kindled a fire. We've been talking the last few weeks about in the middle. One some there had kindled a fire in the middle. So in the middle of the courtyard, they sat down together, and Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Verse 58, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. Peter replied, I am not. Verse 59, about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Final two verses, verse 61 says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. So intrigued by that, Brian. The Lord turned. We, we don't know the extent, Jenny, of the crowds, but on bookends, on both ends of this story, you have all kinds of crowds, whether they're crying crucify or crowds when one's going to carry a cross. We're led to believe there's quite a few people coming and going, but here it's like the whole world, if you would, stops and it's just the two of them. The Lord turns and looks straight at Peter. Then... Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. As we talk today about the middle and specifically the subject of get up, I am drawn right at the onset to the scripture saying that the devil's desires, or like I share with you, the devil's demands. Because if I was just to come down and walk and ask you, what are your desires? What are your desires? What are your desires? Maybe some people could start telling me, well, my hopes, my aspirations, my dreams. You know, if you talk to my kids, it could be anything from, I want to play a sport uh, you know, I want to be an artist. I want to be a dancer. You know, my kids will tell me what uh, their desires and dreams are. You know, Eliana, she's always flipping and twirling and gymnastics and, you know, but then the next day she wants to play basketball and, you know, it, it could be, it could be desires of a child, desires of a parent, desires of a business leader. You know, if I was to ask, you know, Jill or you know, Dan back here, Dan owns a business. If I was asked, what's your desires? We could talk about desires. You know, when, when I talk to our intern leaders, what, what's, your, what's your desires? Uh, you know, an intern leader like Eli, for example. Eli is over our junior highs on part-time staff here. He was up here doing the offering earlier. Like, you know, if you go through pain, there's this. And if you go through, and this is so good, wasn't it? Both services, I'm clapping like, yes, Eli. Uh, if I was to talk to Eli about what's your desires, it may not match 
my 12-year-old daughter's desires of gymnastics or dancing or twirling or sports. Maybe his desires could be, well, I want God to do or I... And then if I was to talk to Sean down here and I was to ask, Sean, what's your desires? Everyone in the room may have some different desires. We, we always want God desires. Maybe you've read the psalmist uh, before when he said, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But if, if we were just to press pause on all of the desires that we have today, just think for a moment, I wonder what the devil's desires are. wonder what the devil wants to happen with your family. wonder what the devil would like to see take place with your marriage. I wonder if God was to give us a glimpse into the devil's desires for your kids. wonder what that looks like. Jesus tells Simon Peter, Simon, Simon. Satan has desired to sift you. If you look just at translations, to separate you. Not only do we have the devil's desires, we have God's prayers. So when we read these verses together, we see the devil's desires, and now Jesus is going to say, and this is my prayer. This is powerful. To think about what God would pray for you, Chelsea. Every time I read this story, some of the things I'm sharing today I've never shared before. I saw it in a different light, but, but every time I read this story, one thing that's always been a common denominator for me over the years is, is the fact that Jesus says, I know what's going to happen and I'm not going to stop it. Now, I know a lot of people that would quit right then. That if God knew you were going to go through a storm, if God knew sifting was going to take place and he doesn't stop it. Because most of us always want God to stop it. We always want God to deliver from it. Look at God's prayers. God prays what I would call for unfailing faith. That's what God prays for. He said, Simon, Simon, Dan, Dan, Sean, Sean, Brian, Brian, the devil's desires is to sift you, to take you out. Trey, Trey, Alyssa, Alyssa. Now you're waiting, right? You're waiting, Simon Peter, for him to say, but I'm going to step in and raise up a standard, and I... And he doesn't say, I'm going to stop it. He says, I'm going to pray for your comeback when you're converted when you rebound. I'm going to pray that you don't lose your faith. He prays for unfailing faith. When you look at Simon Peter's denial, so Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan wants to sift you. Peter's going to tell him, it's impossible. I would follow you to prison. I would go with you to death. And then we read through what most would have if you look at your Bible in the headings or in the titles or subtitles, they're going to give you verbiage and words that would talk about the denial of Christ. If you study what scholars would say or biblical historians would say about this passage, they would tell you that arguably this is the lowest point of Simon Peter's life. 
when you look at the progression of Peter's denial, there are four things that jump out to me in the verses that we read together. The first is his proximity. Can we say that word together? Proximity. The Bible is going to tell us that he is at a distance. A distance. In other words, all of us, even though we say, I would never drift from God. I would never, I would never give up on God. I think all of us can become susceptible when we allow ourselves to become distant from God. The first thing we see is proximity. So when we read the Bible, of course, this is Simon's story, but we always want to read it and say, how does it apply to our lives? We see proximity. The second thing that we see here is the place. So he's at a distance, and then the Bible's going to say, this is the environment that Simon Peter put himself in, in the middle. In the middle. He's at a fire. Fire, for many of us, could represent comfort. Right? You know, I've had people that will tell me, I can think of several names and faces even right now that will say my favorite thing to do, you know, Pastor Micah, Alicia Thrush, and everyone's like, like I get a book, I sit by the fireplace, there's just something about it. My, my wife, my kids, they love to put on the fireplace, and you know, some of you maybe you get your coffee or your hot chocolate or, when, when you read this story and everything going down, I mean, I, I could see Simon going to the middle and just warming his hands and the Bible's going to tell us the proximity, the place, and then, then, then the Scripture's going to tell us about the people. The people. Not just that Simon stood. I know you've heard me say this, but, but when we read Scripture, sometimes we skim, right? We're like verse 32, verse 33, verse 33. Sometimes just slowing down for a bit and just looking at the details of what happened the details of the denial, he's not just standing by the fire, he actually decided, decided to sit down. There's something totally different about standing and sitting. When you sit down, you're almost becoming a little bit relaxed. I would go so far as to say, I, I think when you sit, you and I could become almost complacent. He sits down with them, them. John Maxwell says this, people are either a plus or a minus in your life. So who I sit with, if we went all the way back to the first psalm, blessed is the man that doesn't stand here and doesn't go there and doesn't sit here and it matters, the people, because they're either going to add to my life or they're going to take away from my life. So we have the proximity, the place, the people, and then we have maybe the most important. Tara, we have what I would call persistent pressure. This is what can get many of us to cave and to crash. This right here, persistent pressure. It's coming from every which way. You're going to read about a young girl and then someone else and then there's another person. And Have you ever felt like your life was like that? Like it's just coming from every direction? 
Simon Peter's a strong guy. If we studied from Simon Peter's first interaction with Christ through following Jesus, Simon Peter is a strong guy. But persistent pressure is going to get to Peter. Simon is going to begin to say things he doesn't even mean. Now, I've read this story over and over and over, but I've never seen, I've never seen it from this angle. And I'm going to share even right now. Look at his denials. Look at his three denials. When this persistent pressure is taking place, the first is he's going to deny his relationship with Jesus. That's his first denial. He's going to deny his relationship with Jesus. He's going to say to this young girl, I don't even know him. Now, Simon, you know that Jesus says things like, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. How, how, how does proximity and the place and the people and now persistent pressure cause Simon Peter to deny that he even knows God? The second denial is that he's going to dis disassociate himself from the disciples. When, when this other person comes and accuses him, he's going to say, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. And he disassociates himself from them, plural. I always get nervous when people tell me, Pastor Micah, I don't need the church, I don't need a group, I don't need a gathering, I can just be a Christian at home. You would not believe the amount of people over the years that will say stuff like that. And I understand, I understand that you can love Jesus in your living room, I get it. I have personal moments with, with prayer and God's presence as well. But there is something from Genesis to Revelation that is very concerning when people want to separate themselves from relationships that would actually elevate them. You could read it with Elijah. You could read it with David. Just think about Elijah. When Elijah gets under a juniper tree, two verses before he leaves his servant, his servant wouldn't have let him do that. Think about it with David. They all went to battle. David stays home and looks over at a woman bathing. The Bible goes on story after story. There's something about lagging behind, leaving behind. There's something about saying, I don't need other relationships. He's going to disassociate himself from the disciples. The third denial is that he's going to denounce his own personal revelation. The third person comes to him, and he's going to say, I, I, don't, I don't know. Simon Peter, Simon Peter, you're the one. You're the one that when people were saying, some say he's a good man, some say he's a prophet, some say... You're the one that said, no, he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus told you, Simon Peter, wow, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father who's in heaven. Some of you even today could look back at the things that you have learned over your relationship with God. Some of the things that you've grown in your faith, if you went back five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you could see the track record of God in your own life. Simon, how do you end up in a place where you could make these back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back denials after everything you've seen? Simon, you went to Jairus' house. You were one of three. 
Peter, James, and John, Jesus puts everyone else out except the parents. Simon, you heard him say, Talitha kumai, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. They thought she was dead. They're planning a funeral. They actually came to Jairus and told him, don't trouble the master anymore. She's gone. Simon, you went to the top of that hill. You were there when Jesus starts talking with Moses and Elijah. You said, let's build three tabernacles and stay here. What do you mean you don't know him? What do you mean that you are denying and denouncing revelation? That's how powerful proximity and people and persistent pressure can be in our lives. Simon Peter in this moment gives in to all of these things. Maybe some of you today are like, you know, I, I'm not Simon Peter, Pastor Micah, but, but I feel like there's all kinds of stuff coming at me the last 10 or 12 months. I, I feel like whether it's social media or the news or jobs or family, I, I just feel like it is wave after wave. And maybe today the message is for you. Maybe God is trying to speak to your heart about seeing through the lens of the story of Simon Peter and how we can all end up in a place that is distancing ourselves from God. In our final few minutes, I just want you to look. We said it together earlier, but, but I want you, to see, want you to see that in this moment where he denies and there is this crowing, and I don't know to the extent the crowd but I do want you to see, as we stated earlier, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. You know, you could be in a crowd. I was at my daughter's championship game yesterday. and Growing up with, with my own parents, and I see it now with my kids. Of course, if you're married, you know, you're, you, you could... You can pick a voice out of an entire room. There could be 100, 200, 300 people in the room, but there's something about that voice. You, you could actually look across the room, and if you catch eyes with your husband, your wife, whoever that is, you can almost like just talk with your eyes, right? I just wonder what this moment was like. Dan, I wonder what this moment was like. I told him, I told Jesus, I'll go to prison with you, I'll go to death with you. And I just let the Lord down. This is what I would call broken promises. Broken promises. He looks over and then he leaves. He looks, they lock eyes. And then he leaves. Simon Peter, this leader, is now lying. Simon Peter, this talk tough, speak from strength guy, going to cut an ear off, is now publicly denying the person, God, who believed in him more than anyone else. There's nobody believed in Simon like Jesus. When Simon came to Jesus the very first time, if I backed you up three plus years, Simon comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, you are, but you shall be. 
You are, but you, that, that's, that's the miracle working power of God. When we come to him with all of our pieces, and maybe you would say even a mess, you come to God and God says, I know this is where you're at, but this is where I'm taking you. That's how awesome God's grace is. I don't know when they lock eyes. I, I don't know when they're staring at each other. I don't know if Peter's remembering all of that. I don't know if he's thinking like, you know, you might have told me Judas would leave. You, you might have told me guy's going to go back to Emmaus, but, but I never thought I would. Broken promises, it's, it's one thing when you let, it's one thing when you let someone down. You know, maybe you've let down a family member before. Maybe you've let down a friend before. Maybe you've let down your boss before. Maybe you've let your own self down. But I think it's a whole nother level when you feel like you let God down. They lock eyes. You, you know how when you lock eyes with someone and you don't want to keep looking at them and like two or three seconds in, you're just like, I got to look away. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, don't know, I don't know how the Bible says Jesus looked at him. I don't know how long Simon could stand the stare, but, but he had to like, I got to go. They're looking at each other, and the Bible just says, Simon, Simon left. So let me ask you today, have you ever broken a promise to God? Have you ever broken a promise to God? No, this year I'm serious, God. I'm going to read through the Bible. No I'm, I'm, no, I'm being for real this year. And then you get to like Deuteronomy or Leviticus or someone begat someone, and you're like, peace out. I'm a Psalms and Proverbs guy. <laughs> Have you ever said, God, if you'll forgive me, I promise I'll never do it again. I'll never look at that. I'll never go to that site. I'll never say, I'll, if you'll just forgive me one more time. Right? I used to pray that prayer when I was growing up. Like, God, just please don't let my parents find out. God. And over the years of pastoring, people will tell me things like, you know, if God will, then I will. If God will heal, if God will change, if God, then I will. So just in our final few minutes, I, I think it's important for you to be able to understand Peter's response and reaction. I think you have to ask your own self, have you ever broken a promise to God? You told him. You told him. God, I will. And then Simon Peter, you didn't. A follow-up question to that is simply, have you ever done things that you never dreamed you could or would do? I think if I backed up those 20 verses, so I jumped ahead 20 verses, but if I backed up the 20 verses and I said, Simon Peter, Brian, Ray, Micah, do you ever think you'll do that? I don't think Simon Peter would have ever thought he would have done that. I don't think Simon Peter thought it was even in him, Rob. But he did something he didn't even think he could do. I think when he said, I'll follow you to prison and death, he meant it. Michael, I think he meant it. I think he honestly thought, there's no way that I could ever do that. And yet I've met people over my 30 plus years that have done things that they never dreamed that they could do. What do you do when you break a promise? What do you do when you let God down? 
The Bible says that Simon Peter went out and he wept bitterly. You now have this strong Simon that is sobbing. Now if I press pause on this part of the story to wrap up our message today. So he goes out, he's weeping bitterly. I think failure can bring emotions. I think failure can break a man or a woman down. We know that struggle and sin separates. That's what scripture tells us. So we press pause on this sobbing Simon Peter. Now if we look the other angles of the story, Jesus is going to be mocked and insulted. He's going to be beaten, tortured. Christ is going to hang on a cross. He's going to give up the ghost. Going to be buried in a borrowed tomb. The followers of Christ are going to be questioning. Some are going to go to Emmaus. Some are going to abandon and leave. Some people are going to lock up. We don't hear anything these moments from Simon Peter until we come to what I would call the reemergence. The last time we left him, he's outside crying. The last time we left him, he broke promises. The last time we left him, he couldn't stare at the Savior anymore. The Bible says in Luke chapter 24, as we wrap up our message, verse 9, when they came back from the tomb, this is women, they had gone to the tomb, spices and burial rituals and When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the others with them who told this to the apostles. Verse 11, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, Peter, however, we're talking today about get up. Talking today about get up. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. However, Peter, some translations would say, but Peter. Some would say in spite of that, or others on the other hand. The King James Version says he arose. He got up, he ran. This is such, we're getting ready to pray, but this is such an important part of the Bible. I know we love all of the Bible. I joke about begats and stuff. We love all of the Bible, but this part here is a big part of the Holy Bible as we know it. Because broken promise, Peter, sobbing Simon Peter, we need him to get back on track. We need Simon Peter to dry the tears to have a comeback, if you would. Remember what Jesus prayed? I pray your faith doesn't fail and when you're converted. Jesus was praying for a comeback before Simon ever thought he could even fail. This is really important part of the story. We need Simon to run. We need Simon in the midst of the conversation of nonsense, and I don't know if we believe we need Peter to run. Because if we go to Acts chapter 2... Simon Peter's going to stand up and say, men and brethren, they're not drunk like you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. In the last days, we need Simon Peter to say that because 3,000 people is going to get saved. We need Simon Peter to run because if we turn the page from Acts 2 to Acts 3, Peter and John's going to go up to the temple at, at, for prayer and on their way up at Gate Beautiful, there's going to be a lame man that's laid there day after day, week after week for years And they're going to say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Come on, Simon. 
Come on, Simon, people's counting on you. Come on, Simon, Acts 3 needs you. Well, let's turn to the, the next page, Acts chapter 4, and the Bible says Peter stands up and begins to share faith, and 5,000 people get saved. 5,000. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. You can't stay down. You can't stay down. When the women come back and say the tomb's empty, they don't have a big meeting about, let's talk about Simon's struggles. Why did you cut the ear off? Let's talk about Simon Peter's anger. Let's talk about the three denials. How in the world would you ever tell the young maid? How would you? There's none of that. What good does it do to rehash everything that Simon has struggled with? He just gets up and runs. You see, even for you today, I can't speak about 1997 or 2006 or for that matter, 2020. I can't speak for all these things in your life. The question is simply this. What are you going to do right now? Simon, I am sure that you deeply regret why didn't you stand up to those guys in the middle by the fire? Why didn't you take a stand? Why wasn't you so strong? Maybe today some of you would say you have regrets and remorse. Maybe you have done things you never dreamed that you could ever do. But what good does it do, Simon Peter, to wallow in all of the things that you wish you could do over? The question for Simon Peter then, the question for you and I right now, is what are you going to do like today? Like right now, in this prayer. He got up and he ran. My challenge for all of us is that I want to be a church that believes in people getting up again. I know not everyone who comes in the room or everyone who watches online or everyone that goes to a group or a gathering, I know, I know their name's not Simon, Peter. They weren't in the middle of the courtyard warming their hands by a fire. But everyone has some broken promises in their life. Everyone has some like the devil's desiring to take them out kind of stories. And I want our church to be a church that does whatever we can to help those people get up again. Maybe today as you're listening to God's Word, you're thinking of your own life. You're thinking of your own life. It's not like you're sitting there and someone and you took off running, but if you looked at your own life, you've had some moments you sat in the car, sat in the truck, put your head on your pillow, and you're thinking, I couldn't look at God if I wanted to. If He locked eyes with me, I have hurt Him, I have let Him down, I've broke promises. As you're listening to God's Word today, you know, you know if it wasn't for God's grace, you wouldn't be here right now because you'd done enough that could have caused Him to say, you know what, but today you are here because of His grace and mercy. And if that's you today, I would love if you would just take a moment, maybe put your hands together and just let God know how thankful you are for His grace in your life. Come on, are you glad for a comeback? Are you glad that God's willing to let you get back up again? Maybe there's someone that's been watching online today or someone here in the room. 
you're not really clapping because you remember eight years ago or two years ago or you need to come back right now. You're, you're fresh off the broken promise. It was this week. It was last month. It was six months. You're, you're, you're in the middle of it. You had your own look left, look left, look. I, I can't do this, Micah. And today, God has given you a chance in 2021 to run. He's given you a chance to get up. Maybe today you need to get up for your comeback. You need to get your mind up or your emotions up. Maybe you need to get your faith up, your vision up. Maybe it is your spirituality. Maybe you know your prayer time or your Bible time. There's been some distance. Your faith in Christ, you just know there's, there's some distance going on there. Maybe it is relationship and family like we talked about earlier. But I want to pray. I want to pray for you. That you would take that question seriously. When I ask that question, you would take it seriously. What does God want me to do right now? What do I need to do right now? I mentioned this last week. I'll continue to mention it the next few weeks. But, but this just says, today I choose. We're not talking about what you did five years ago. We're not, we're not talking about Simon Peter's struggles and if only, and I told you, Simon Peter, what are you going to do right now? Here's some options. I want to know God. Or I want to know God more. I want to find freedom. I want to discover my purpose. I want to make a difference. There's a place here for other. When I filled out my card earlier today, I prayed specifically for some family members that I'm believing for that I, I just know they're having some Simon Peter struggles right now in their life. I want some of my family to come back to God in 2021. I wrote them on my card. We're going to have some buckets here at the front, some, some places where you could come forward, fill your card out, place it here in a bucket at, a, at the front. I wrote three things on, I wrote three things on my card. Two of them were personal, one was pastoral. Our church over the years, we have seen God bless financially every single year for seven or eight consecutive years, up, up, up. 2020 was the first year, went down. You make adjustments and all, but that was, that was my pastoral one that I put on there. I believe with vision that God, he's not done with us yet. I believe God wants us to do things in Richland County and Morrow County and Wayne County and Crawford County. All those places I say I believe that. I, I, don't, I don't believe that the body of Christ and the church is going down. So I, that was one of the things I wrote on my card last service. I believe in 2021, we're going to see a comeback. The other ones I wrote, I wrote two personal ones on my card. Both were very meaningful to me. Maybe, maybe this is something, here, here's why I'm asking you to do this. I want to pray with you. I want to come alongside you this year. I want these cards to be something that I'm believing you for. Now, if you put on there, Mike, I would like to go through Grow. We're going to let you know when the next Grow date is. Or, you know, I already had a lady earlier say, can you connect me with Freedom Nights? And I have some addictions and we'll come alongside and we'll help you with those types of things. Write it down. We want to help you with that. Maybe you say, I need counseling. Or I don't know what it is that the last few weeks we're talking about getting off the fence or making a comeback or Simon Peter, I'm going to get up. I don't know what it is, but just take some time in God's presence today and write it down. 
Let us come alongside you. And most importantly, let myself, our team, let us pray with you this year. If you're praying for your family member, I want to pray with you. If you're saying, God, I need my son or daughter, I want my husband or wife, I want to pray with you for that. Maybe personally, if you're saying, I'm trying to forgive and it's really hard, I don't want to forgive, Mike, I hate them. I want to pray with you that 2021 will be your year to let some things go. I don't know what it is that you're saying, God, I want to get up again. I, I want to get up again. I'm not here today. I'm not here today to tell you, let's revisit the last five or 10 or 15 or 20 years. I'm here today to remind you he's the God of today. What are you going to do right now? So there's cards, there's pens where you're seated. I'm going to pray as you take some time, even just to fill them out and write them. The team is coming forward to give you an opportunity to bring them, put them up here in the bucket. We're going to sing. Our stage host will dismiss you in just a moment. But I'm asking you to be bold right now. Takes a lot of courage to put pen to paper. Takes a lot of courage for you to step out and to bring it to the front. But I'm asking even right now if you would, if you would say, God, I, I'm serious. I don't want to put this off another year. I'm serious, God. I, I want to get up. I want some people in my life to get up. And so, God, I pray even right now. As people are filling out a card, as People are praying, even last service, watching people wipe tears. I pray for every Simon Peter. I pray for every Simon Peter that the devil is thinking, I've got them. I sifted them. I separated them. I pray for every Simon Peter that Satan thinks that he's destroyed them. I pray for every single one of them right now for a comeback. I pray that someone would run to you today. I pray that someone would get up again. I pray that marriages would get up again. Families would get up again. I pray for ministries and callings today. Simon Peter, Acts chapter 2 needs you. Acts chapter 3 needs you. Acts chapter 4 needs you. Come on, Simon Peter. There's people in this room today with ministries and callings that you know, you know, you are not fully engaged with the purpose of God in your life. And I pray today for a resurrection of ministries. I pray for a resurrection of callings. I pray for a resurrection of the purpose and plan of God in your life. Come on, Simon Peter. I feel the presence of God right now. Come on, Simon Peter. You can break that addiction. You can break that habit. Some of you, may, maybe it's not been like financial. Maybe it has been, but, but you know in 2020 it went downhill. Whatever area of your life that is, you just know it's not where you want it to be. Ultimately, it's not where God wants it to be. Let's get up today. Let's get up today. Let's get up today. Just with eyes closed, I know many of you have filled your card out, but with eyes closed, if there's someone today that God is talking to you and you just want by a hand raised, you want to let God know, God, I'm listening in 2021. I want to get up again. Would you just raise your hand right now? Thank you. 
thank you. Right over here, sir, thank you. And back over here. Hands are going up all over the room. Right over here, thank you. Back here, thank you. Sir, right here, right over here. The Hands are still going up right here in the middle, this third row here, thank you. This lady here just wiping tears in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe even want to say the words with me. I'm getting up today. I'm getting, thank you over here again. I'm getting up today. I'm getting up today. I'm getting up today. I'm not going to live the rest of my life like this. I'm not going to live. The, the end of my story is not going to be that I went outside and wept bitter tears. That's not the last you're going to hear from me. The conclusion of my calling is not that I'm outside crying about how bad I failed. I'm going to make a comeback. Come on. Why don't you even tell that to God today? I'm going to make a comeback. I'm going to make a comeback. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up in my emotions. I'm going to get up in my spirit. I'm going to get up in my prayer and my worship. I'm going to get up and making a difference. I'm going to get up. I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Can we stand all over the room today as the team leads us?